Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Going live once again with Besser Podcast 312. This is part three of what I didn't know was going to be a, a series ongoing, but restaurants are not a great place to work, and it's my fault. I felt it was very necessary for me uh, just last week to slow it down because I'm a fast talker. Got to get a lot in in these episodes. I'm always on on 11, high intensity. And you all know I, I tell on myself a lot, and I think it's important to do that. Yet I always kind of deflect a little bit. I joke about it. And we go on to the next thing, and I needed to slow it down and really talk about the impact that the state of restaurants has had on me throughout my 20 year career and how I have had a role and in parts been complicit in some of the things that are showing as vulnerability that are being exposed right now. So that's where restaurants are not a great place to work. That's my fault really came from. And so after uh, the second part, I really focused a little bit more on kind of the hiring process. Uh, quite a few people have reached out to me throughout over the last week and I'm grateful for that. Some people applauding, some people booing, and I appreciate both. And I try not to hear either because it's it's got to stay focused on the people, on the mission, on the message. So uh, but one person that did reach out to me who we're going to be talking to is uh, Andrew Harris. And we'll bring him on in just a moment. But the reason that very quickly, just a couple days ago, reached out, wanted to have Andrew on. And I didn't realize I was going to have guests on this series. That wasn't my plan at all. Like I mentioned, I didn't even know it was going to be a series was because we have to start to understand how we make change. And the first step for me, and I think for a lot of people, is going to be reflecting on our on our own uh, input into what's happening now and shift the mindset. I think that's really the key. So that's why I wanted to have Andrew on. Andrew, I want to bring you on now to, to talk with us a little bit. Andrew, good to see you. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so Andrew, uh, Rockin' Lobster Roll, Denver, Colorado. Uh, just quick, how long have you been open? Uh, we're about to head into our fourth year. Okay. All right. So you've been in it for a while and you've been in the industry. How long? Uh, 18 years. Okay. So, yeah, so we, we came up in kind of the similar industry. So yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about why you reached out. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about mindset and a couple of things that we're practically doing, but I want to start with this. I want to read what you actually wrote me. The reason that you and I are talking today. Uh, and so I'm just going to read this straight up from what you sent me. I watched your show yesterday, and you know what? It really opened my eyes. I have been one of those people bitching and moaning about people not wanting to work because of the stimulus, but everything you said was exactly true. Nobody wants to work in these toxic environments anymore for little to no pay. I remember 15 years ago, as long as I had enough for rent, booze, cigarettes, and the occasional recreational drug use, I was happy being a chef. I was a misfit pirate working with a group of misfit pirates, and we did it because that's all we knew how to do. Granted, I still love cooking, I love my concept, but I need people to help me run it. I want to be a part of the change. Where can we start? 
I'm so grateful first that you that you wrote that and that you reached out. I'm also grateful that you let me read that because you know it it exposes us, and I think it's important for us to to be real about that. Yeah. Two of this series, which we'll drop into the comments. Check it out for sure because it it moved you. Why did you feel compelled to reach out? You know, I had been thinking, you know, for the last year, you know, when it was when no one was willing to work and I just thought it was laziness, you know, people, you know, just sitting at home, taking free money while our industry was just literally dying. And then I was just getting really, really frustrated that I couldn't yeah. get even anyone in for an interview, you know, and I'm, and I'm saying to myself, you know, here I am, you know, this really small business offering people upwards of you know, $60,000 a year, and I can't even get anyone through the door. How, how can this be? How can this even be a thing? Chefs are supposed to be passionate. They're supposed to want to go to work and cook. That's like what they right. do. And then, you know, when I watched your show, and then you were talking about how you romanticized, you know, your early part of your career, you know, when you were living in a room with four other guys and making no money, it started taking me back to my own experiences. And I was thinking, you know, oh my gosh, if I was going through that stuff today, like back then, if I'm going through it today, I would not want to do that ever again. I mean, having chefs screaming at you constantly, throwing hot pans in your face, you know, punishing yeah. you at work for making a mistake, you know, over salting a dish or something, sitting, making go in the back and force feeding it to you because to learn from, I mean, mm. that's just not okay. But I did it because I felt like this is what I have to do to get to these guys' levels. And so I just dealt with it. And I thought that's just how it was. And then it came to a point, you know, where I'd been working and working and working and working and I wasn't getting hate so much anymore. And then I became, you know, the top dog, the executive chef, the business owner. And I felt, you know what? It's my turn to do the hazing now. Yeah. And going back and thinking on it, I, I it sucked. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was terrible. I mean, you're getting used and abused. You're cooking, you know, you're standing in front of a hot grill, cooking 200 steaks a night, making 50 bucks a day while the owner is, you know, pocketing thousands of dollars off your hard work. I feel like our industry is the only industry on the planet where people are so talented, but they get paid nothing for it. And so when I watched yeah. your show the other day, I just said to myself, he's right. This is the problem. You adapt or you die because our industry is changing quickly. And if we want to make this a place, we want, I, I want my place to be a place where people want to go to every day. And I am guilty of being, you know, harsh, probably being over the top, probably being mean because that's just how I was brought up in the industry. Yeah. And so I've been doing a lot of self-reflecting lately and said, you know what? I need to stop this. We need to change. Andrew, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I know how hard it is because we we were fuck ups. So many of us, like I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And when I found the restaurant, it clicked. I was like, "This, I can be great yep. at something." I fit and right then, in with those guys. And you know, and so we found our people. We found that sense of belonging and purpose. Yet we're recognizing now it was also toxic, and it and it decayed us in a lot of ways. Yet you have to separate those two things. There was something about finding your people and then we became caricatures of ourselves. And we can't perpetuate that because of the fact that we survived the abuse. All of a sudden we think that that's why we are strong. That's why we're talented. 
That's why we're the executive chef. And that wasn't, we did it in spite of those things. And we need to recognize that because right now today, you have to shift the mindset. If you think anybody, you yourself in your just recent past or anybody else, if you believe that people are, that kids these days are entitled, that they're lazy, that they don't work as hard, that they want a bunch of money that they don't actually earn, you're going to be right. And what good is that going to do you? It's no good. And, you know, and I was, you know, one of my mindsets was, you know, when I was 19, 20 years old, working in restaurants, making $8 an hour, you know, I felt like that's just how it was. And now I'm at this point now where I'm paying, you know, I was, you know, people are coming in asking for 18, 19, $20 an hour that have little, no experience. And I'm just thinking to myself, why should I be giving you this much money? I worked for scraps in the beginning. You should be working for scraps as well. But I think honestly, our younger generation now is just smarter than we were. <laughs> They're not That's willing it. to do honestly, it. Andrew, you're so right. They aren't entitled. Look, we live in the most entitled country and civilization in history. So we're going to nitpick that this person is slightly more entitled than this person. It's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So the reality is they have more options. The gatekeepers have changed. I don't need the asshole chef throwing plates in my head to build my resume, to prove my, my worth, to then be able to get the next promotion, the next escalation, escalate, escalate. I can, I can make lumpia and sell them direct frozen to people on Instagram. I don't need you to yeah. be a part of whatever food story I need. So it can't be about the food in the way that it was for us because there was nothing else. We didn't know anything else. Now, and what we're recognizing, it's always been about the story. Like we have to tell that meaningful story. And so shifting the mindset is the first thing that we got to do. The next thing that I'm really focused on is like, we got to stop selling food and start telling stories. Because the reality is somebody else has better food or more money mm -hmm. or a, a better location. And you can't compete against that. What you need to do is instill this sense of belonging that we found. And it can't be by putting fucking liquid smoke in people's drinks and <laughs> slapping people in the crotch with towels and the dumb shit that we did that served us no purpose yet to galvanize us. We still need to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a fraternity. They're smarter. They're smarter than we are. So yeah. we need to take some humble pie and say, how do we galvanize them? How do yeah. we tell stories that's meaningful to them? So, you know, when we talk about that, like, give me some thoughts. How are you thinking about that? Are you seeing that play out? Well, you know, there's a lot of stubborn chefs out there. And if there's any stubborn or arrogant people on the planet, it's chefs. Yeah. Um, so to reach that broad of an audience and try to get the, you know, convince them that this is the new direction we need to head, it's going to be tough. But honestly, what it's going to take is people are going to go out of business because they can't bring people in. I mean, and it's so important to our economy that people go back to work and go work in restaurants because restaurants are such a big part of our economy. So to, to actually implement change, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm almost feel like I'm going to have to say it directly to people as they come into interview or as they're hired. And I'm going to say, look, I know this is what the industry is like. This is not yes. how it's going to be here. I'm going to be a humble, compassionate person. I'm going to treat you well. I'm going to pay you at the best that I absolutely can out of this small business right now that's coming to the tail end of a pandemic. And hopefully, you know, 
other chefs will start to see that as well. I mean, it's yeah. going to take it's going to take a long time um, to get something like this actually going to to create yeah. such a change because this is just how it's been for as long as I can even think of it. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and you mentioned those passions. We've preyed on our own passions long enough. It's time to create and understand the balance that we're actually trying to, to cultivate. And so there's so Andrew, I'm in best serve. We're in to help you go through this for sure. And, and I've had to shift everything that I know and everything that I do uh, because I also, again, was part of the problem. I built all of these systems again and again and again that turn people into ones and zeros. And we wonder why people don't want to work this job. We went from being those pirates to being the cool kids to being the establishment. And now we're getting called out for it and we don't fucking like it. And I understand why, yet that's the reality of it. So we have to find that center again. We have to create that sense of belonging. And so there's two ways I want to tell you, and, and we'll work on this offline, Andrew, for sure with you. The, we talk about TYBS, tell your best story. We have to go back to telling these stories and these very fundamental and simple stories. And there's a few different stories and want, I want to just touch on them for a moment and we'll dig in them a little bit more. But first we have to have this mission story. Like why the fuck do you get out of bed in the morning to go make lobster rolls for not getting paid enough with a family with you know the challenges of getting products with not having the to-go packaging that you need like why do you get out of bed in the morning you need to put that on a pedestal yeah. and why should anybody care any employee any potential customer any investor why should they care we have to have that compelling center and because it's in us we think we don't have to say it things that go without saying andrew they don't you say them loudest and most often and we don't do that because sometimes like a mission statement feels like some cheesy bullshit that corporate stuff does. We have to do it, though. We have to give people a North Star to aspire to. So that's number one. Number two, we tell this about story like bring me in. I want to know your journey. I want to know how you got to this point. I want to know that your story is my story and connect with that story and feel that. I understand what I'm going to get myself into if I'm a, if I'm a customer or if I'm a potential employee, like yeah. tell me that story. Don't just transact and try to sell your shit because nobody's listening. You, you know, know, and I, and I, and I always feel like, you know, I'm trying to sell my passion to people. I put a hundred percent into any dish that I cook because it means that much to me. You know, if, People are coming to my establishment and, you know, you know, a couple is coming out on a date night, you know, and they're going to spend 50, 60 bucks, you know, for food. I mean, I need to give those people the best that I can possibly give them. I put 110% to every dish because it's important to me to make sure that people have great experiences, just like it's important to me that I feel like I want my employees to come to work and they want to be there because I will get the best out of them when they get the best of me. Yep. That's, and look, right there. If, if what you just said is not on your website, not on your Facebook page, not on your Instagram, that you don't have content around that, that that doesn't get represented in a job post and anything else, you're missing out. And the reality is we don't do enough of that. And that comes to the third story, the job story. 
we need to break this ridiculousness that is these pieces of paper known as the resume, the job description, the job post that we put out. We keep we keep saying, do this, don't do this, can't do this, has to be this, can't be that. And we wonder why everyone's resume and job descriptions say exactly the same thing, which is absolutely fucking nothing. Like yeah. there's nothing meaningful being communicated there. And to the point where I see job posts, even Andrew, where it's, where it's uh, hiring line cooks, 14 to $16 an hour based on experience, apply here, like fucking sign me up. How inspired <laughs> could I be to come and change the world through food with you? And yeah. that's, and then when I talk to people, like, why, why would you do that? They're like, well, I don't have a lot of time to do anything more than that. Okay, well then you don't have employees. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I don't get people to come in. So fuck, why should I spend any time on it? Well, you're just manifesting the effort you're putting in, right? And so we have to really reflect on that. We have to tell these meaningful stories. Why should I come work for you, Andrew? Is a fundamentally important question that has to be answered. We're not spending enough time answering that. We think we have the leverage because we have a job. Yeah. I, I can go flip on fucking eBay and make more money. So why the hell should I come and work for you? That's the reality of it. I can go garage sailing and make more money than working for you. It has and you to be here. And unfortunately, it's just something we don't have. I just don't have an answer for right now. Why should you come work for me? Well, because I can pay you. And because I'm not going to ask you to do too much, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to treat you well. But as far as, you know, why should I cook versus invest my whatever money I have into GameStop or Dogecoin where people are just making thousands of dollars now for pretty much having a cell phone and learning how yeah. to use TikTok or something. Why should I go do this physically? I mean, they're just smart. Bottom line is they're just smarter <laughs> than we are. <laughs> Right. And, and we didn't have, I mean, also we didn't have those opportunities when we were younger either, but I mean, cooking to this day, it's something I'm just going to do forever. I can't imagine ever doing anything else, whether it's owning my own business or working for someone else. This is just what I do. And this is just what I love. And it, it took, you know, I never, it took me a long time to figure out this is what I wanted to do. But once I was in, I was, I was in a hundred percent. Like there was no turning back on it. And I even left the kitchen to go work front of house just to learn other aspects of yeah. the restaurant industry, just so I could absorb it all in so that one day I could have my own place, my own restaurant with a bar and everything. I mean, that dream looks a little, it doesn't look too good right now because of the current state that we're in, but it's still something that I'm striving for every day. I will never know everything, but I want to absorb as much as I can. And I would love to, share that information with someone who's like me, a younger version of me. Yeah, a better version of you is probably what's going to end up happening. Look, Andrew, <laughs> here's the thing. You don't know the answer right now because you're holding on to it so tightly. It's so deep in you and it's been so convoluted and it's been so beaten into you and beaten out of you that you can't grab a hold of it and say this, right? And that is actually your job. As a leader for your business, for this industry, that's the actual job that you have. The food is just the proof that you are who you say you are. It has to be about your ability to bring people together around a table in a kitchen that can impact each other. Because the pandemic has exposed a lot of the vulnerabilities of our industry. It has also 
reinforced my belief that this industry can be the greatest industry because it builds relationships unlike any other potential industry. If we actually start to dig deep and tell those meaningful stories. And there's a strange contradiction that we have to hold at all times. And so often we diminish our own worth, Andrew, is food can change a person's day. You've seen it time and time again. Somebody's having a shit day, you feed them and it changes their day. And I truly believe if you change a person's day, enough of those days, you can change their life. And if you change enough lives, you change the world. And all that being said, you can change the world. Food can absolutely change the world. And it's just food. And, and it's, sad, it's sad that I can lose, you can lose sight of that in the madness, you know, absolutely. especially being an, an owner, you know, where all you're thinking about is ordering inventory, profits, losses, you know, employees, wages, CPAs, loans. I mean, it, in all that stuff, you lose sight of all, you know, of, of that, those beautiful, that beautiful thought that you can change someone's day, you can change someone's life yeah. with with a plate of food, just by giving it a little bit of extra love. That's it. You got to understand, and it's a contradiction. So when and how do you balance that is unbelievable difficult, but you have to answer that question. That is the job. That is your actual mission. Again, the food is just the vehicle for that. And so, and, and the answer really to that, I truly believe, is having good staff having people there. We can't do it without them. And that's the whole thing that's going on right now. We cannot. Yep. You gotta, you gotta invest in, in people. It's the number one asset. We are in the relationship business, right? Yeah. And not the people business, the relationship business. We talk about the people business. No relationship ever in history was built by a product or a service. Not one single one. They were always built by people two people, three people, a group of people that came together, the product and services, food, the space, they created the space for that opportunity. They were like-minded. They had similar tastes and interests. Absolutely. Yet it was the people that built that relationship. You're a conduit for that. So recognizing that is super important and being able to then have the food tell that story because we also say like, oh, just make great food and people will come. That's never been true. And it's definitely not true today. So the, the next story that we talk about is, is a product story or a menu story for a chef. If you can't tell a two, uh, write a 250-word article about every dish on your menu, then you're just hype chasing or chasing some dollars. Got to <laughs> figure out a way to tell that meaningful story so people go, I need that dish in my life because mm -hmm. I want what Andrew experienced and why that's on the menu. And that not only will have an impact externally to put butts and seats, but people go, I want to cook that food because I want to feel like that every day when I go to work to make 200 of that lobster roll. And the other thing that it does, Andrew, believe this or not, the 50 or $60 you were talking about them spending, it's 78 to $91. And that changes the economics of your business completely. Mm -hmm. So those are the stories that we have to tell. The second part of the element that we have to work on is called workplaces worth working. We have to have to start to understand fundamental ways that we can build a business that actually is equitable, profitable, and sustainable for everybody involved. And we haven't done that. We've just focused so much on the mechanics of the food or the mechanics of prime costs or bonuses based on hitting your food cost. All of these mm -hmm. things that are just antiquated now. We have to build something different. 
So we're building these like worker guides where it's like really understand the needs from wages, benefits, culture, education. How do you fundamentally build a business model that actually works for the people, yourself included, and your family, and every single person who's willing to work with you to accomplish that goal? That's what we need to build. So that's what I want to I want to work with you on, Andrew, is, is help you through that. And I think I want to capture some of that because of your willingness and openness to go through this process. Like you mentioned, it's going to take a long time. I fucking know it, man. We've done 350 episodes of this and I've been talking about this stuff and pulling at these threads for a year and a half. And it just finally broke through for you. And I'm grateful for that. And this is I could not be more happy that you I know are going to take some steps and then you're going to fuck it up and then you're going to take some more steps and you're going to fuck it up. Like that's what's going to happen for everybody. Uh, but being an early adopter in something new is, it's fucking scary. And I, yeah, I mean, scared. It's, it's, it's time. I mean, it's just time to erase the toxic history of our industry and start moving forward and, you know, making it a place that people want to go to versus, oh, I have to go do this now because yeah. cooking is the only thing that I can do. You know, yeah. we want we want our people to come to work happy and wanting to be there because it will reflect in the final dish that the customer receives. And it's so important. And, you know, the, the staff changeover that restaurants have all the time needs to stop. And how can you ever have consistency if you're constantly switching people over all the time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's much more difficult to hire someone, bring them in and train them than it is to just give someone that you have that's been working there a long time, throw them a little bit more, give them a little bit of money, show them a bit of love, yeah. you know, pay they for their, pay for their family to go have a nice dinner together yeah. on their day off. Do something to show that you appreciate your staff being there. Yeah. This is part of, this is part of how, uh, short-term thinking we are in this industry. We're so reactive. We're such good counterpunchers. Every situation, we we adapt, we adapt, we adapt always. We think in these short stints of two minutes to the window, 15-minute uh, intervals and table turns of an hour and 15 minutes, all of these different short time frames. It means we're pretty good tacticians. We can like make it happen in the moment. It usually means we're really bad at strategy and thinking long-term, right? And so we have to that 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 loop closes very quickly. We're instant gratification in that. So you have to think about it. When we lay out numbers for people, when I've looked at the numbers, the cost of 73% turnover rate, the cost of $6,000 to turn over a line level employee or $14,000 for a manager, we don't think about that number because it's in the future. But a dollar more an hour is today. And it costs us way more money in the long term. Always costs us more money in the long term to have that churn rate. So we're trying to flip that. How do we create 75% employee retention satisfaction? It's going to be hard. You're at a competitive disadvantage. If you spend all this money to invest in your people and the guy down the street doesn't, and they're still getting the same check average, that you're paying X more and have health insurance and pet insurance and are paying for meals out on people's birthday. Yet in the long term, you're going to have a sustainable business and they will not. So it, that's a commitment we've got to make. It's funny that you say that because one of my things that I always tell, you know, other executive chefs or other owners is like, no matter who you hire, their head's always going to be on a swivel looking for that job that pays a little bit more, that offers a little bit more, you know, but how do we keep people from swiveling their heads? 
how do we keep them here? And the answer is pretty simple. I mean, you just give them what they deserve and they deserve more. And I've had this conversation with so many people recently, you know, in, in this yeah, year of pandemic. Yeah. Keep having so, it. It's, it's important. It's yeah. really important. We got it. We have to invest in people. We, yeah. we have to create that level of fulfillment that we found. So uh, awesome. This is really great. This is, you know, part three of this, what now is turning into a series. I had no idea it was going to be. So thank you for that. Uh, and uh, we'll, we have more work to do. I want to commit some time to uh, to getting this going. We're going to be bringing some educational stuff to the forefront because we're recognizing more and more people are like, I like what you're saying. What the fuck do I do? Like, I don't even know what a first <laughs> step is. And I was like, I feel you. I understand. So, so we're starting to shift mindsets. And now I have to follow through with actually supporting on the back end so that we can make it happen. So that's what we're working on. And Andrew, because of that message you sent, you're you're in. You, you got it. We're going to support you. And I want to just take a moment and, and acknowledge some people that were uh, commenting here. Daniel Hyman said, uh, Jensen broke me last week with his own reflections. I've been a part of that grind. Uh, you down, throw you out life for the last 20 years. Jensen and Andrew, you're both 100% right. Daniel, thank you for that. Uh, Joshua Walva dropping knowledge bombs. Thanks, Joshua. Appreciate that. And Andrew said, uh, hazing is no good for anyone. Now, it's no good. You figure out a different way to team build. It was just the fact that we didn't know how to do trust falls. So we did uh, <laughs> beer bombs instead. Right? <laughs> for us, that was team building. We yeah. just uh, were a really, really, uh, <laughs> really fucked up team we just we need to come to terms with that and figure out a different way to build a team and uh, and i think that's super important so andrew appreciate you being on and uh let's get back and make some uh make some lobster rolls for the Denver community because they need it here they need it make them feel it start thinking about answering those questions and we'll follow up all right all right man thank you so much that'd be good see ya thanks all right, everybody, that is it for part three of this. I feel like we might have to do some more of restaurants are not a great place to work, and it's my fault. I'm so grateful for anybody who's willing to go down that rabbit hole with me of saying, like, look, I can blame other people or I can be accountable and start to do something about it. And the fact that Andrew is now doing something about it, even just this, even putting himself out there, being vulnerable to the fact that we need to change, it's meaningful. It, it fucking matters. I feel like I cursed a lot in this episode. Uh, you know, this topic gets me fired up. This is so just who I am, who we all are. So reach out to me. Like I will find ways to follow through with the promise of building a, a different type of industry that we are going to amplify the worth and work of people who feed their community. That's you. And the work part is challenging, unbelievably challenging. The worth part, we just have not valued ourselves our work, our product, understood what that meant in here from the heart to the head to the hands. We focus so much on the hands because we have the ability to create something for people and have that instant gratification. Got to start to think long-term. So we got to start to TYBS, tell your best story. Stop selling food. Tell me a story. And we've got to start building workplaces worth working. That's it for this episode. Thank you all as always for the work that you do, the impact that you have on your community and the struggle that you're going through. I feel it. I uh, want to support in any way I can. So reach out. If we could have a conversation like this, I'd be honored. All right. You guys have a great rest of your day. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast.
tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.